Hello, and welcome to the All Saints Podcast. I'm Hugh Cole. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, please tell your friends about us. We also appreciate everyone who has left us a rating, which is a great way for new listeners to discover the podcast. To ensure that each episode is delivered to your device each week, please make sure you subscribe by clicking the subscribe button in your podcast app. As usual, we'll start with a sermon from the 10 a.m. service at All Saints Church Chevy Chase, followed by a sermon from the family table service. This week, we hear from our associate rector, Father B.J. Burriker, with a sermon for Sunday, November 29, 2020, entitled, Waiting is the Hardest Part. Jesus says, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. If you're at all like me, I'm guessing one of your favorite things to do in life is wait. Right? When you go to an amusement park, there's nothing better than standing in line in the hot, hot sun. Don't you find the waiting room at the doctor's office to just be peaceful and relaxing? Or have you ever had a significant other come to you and say, we need to talk, but after the movie? These are great times, right? No, it's horrible. (laughs) Waiting is awful. I can't stand it. Right, this is why two-day shipping is such a big deal. This is why we all go to fast food restaurants. This is why binge-watching has caught on, and it's why if it takes me more than two clicks to purchase your product, that's too long. I don't have time for this. I'm going somewhere else. Waiting stinks. Nobody likes it. And as the great American philosopher Tom Petty once said, the waiting is the hardest part. Even if it's bad news, don't you want it today, not tomorrow? And if it's good news, you want it even sooner than that. And yet now we come to Advent, and Advent is all about waiting. And I have to admit, I quite struggle with that because I don't like to wait. We're waiting for Jesus. We're waiting for him to come. But he hasn't come. Not yet. We're not even at Christmas. We need to wait just a little bit longer. And the season of Advent reminds us of that, and I find that hard, especially because as the first day of the Christian New Year, it sets the tone for the rest of the year. And it kind of reminds us that the entirety of the Christian life is centered around waiting. Our whole lives are about waiting, waiting for Jesus. We know he's coming. We want him to come. We want him to come right now. But we keep waiting day in and day out. Fleming Rutledge, another great uh, Anglican priest, puts it like this. Advent is where we live, work, play, laugh, struggle, and die. Advent is the time between, between the first coming of Christ and the second, between darkness and dawn, between the kingdoms of the world and the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. It is not the time of fulfillment. It is the time of waiting. It is not the time of triumphant victory. It's the time of bearing the cross. 
So Happy New Year, everybody. Now, this is a happy, upbeat message to start off the Christian New Year, right? And yet we know it's true. We may not want to admit it, but we know it's true. Life is hard, it's difficult, and these are t- really tough times as we live between Christ's first coming at Christmas and his second coming in the great Perusia when he comes to judge the living and the dead. It's hard. The Christian life is hard. And quite honestly, Jesus knew that. He doesn't sugarcoat things. If you read through the gospel, he's way more blunt than perhaps you would want him to be. And in Mark chapter 13, the chapter in which our gospel sits, he spends the entirety of the chapter talking about the judgment that's about to come on the city of Jerusalem and the judgment that's going to come in the last days. And as he shifts back and forth through these things, he tells his disciples, his loyal followers, you will face persecution, natural disasters, and wars. This is what you've signed up for, boys. Welcome aboard. And then, of course, Jesus, having walked for 30-some years or so in human shoes, he knows that we, too, face all sorts of things. Sickness, temptation, pain, disappointment unmet expectations, stress, grief, and death. He never says the Christian life is going to be easy, and it's not. We all know that. Life is hard, even when it's good, even when things are going the way we want them to go. Life is still hard. Wouldn't it just be great if Jesus would return right now, fix all of our problems, and take us home? And I mean, like, right now. (laughs) That'd be great, but sadly, that's not the plan. We have to keep waiting just a little bit longer. And while we wait, Jesus has given us a job to do. Unfortunately, we don't get to sit around and binge watch on our couches. We have work to do. So Jesus tells us a parable in our text. He tells us a parable about a master who goes off on a long journey, not telling us when he's going to return. So he puts his servants in charge and tells them to take care of things in his absence and to wait until he comes back. They need to stay awake, be alert, so that the master won't find them asleep when he returns. They're to wait, but they have a job to do while they wait. They, too, don't get to just sit around. They've been put in charge while the master has gone. They're to continue his work. That's our job. Until he returns, Jesus has left us in charge, so to speak, to continue his work until he comes back. And so we, too, must be on guard and stay awake so he doesn't find us asleep when he returns. He's put each and every one of us into a small corner of the world in which to have influence to continue the work he's given us to do. And he's equipped us by the power of the Holy Spirit with different gifts passions, abilities, and talents to get the job done well. He doesn't leave us alone. And our job is to continue his work. So the best place to start is to look at the work Jesus started. What is it that he does in his life and ministry? There are all sorts of things we could say about this, and we could be here for hours, but I know you don't want that. And so I'll focus on two things. First, As you look at Christ in the Gospels, we see that he does the work of a servant. Work of a servant. He was a loving and compassionate servant 
to literally everyone he comes in contact with. Whether it was the poor or the rich, the sick or the healthy, the outcast, the foreigner, the resident, the disciples, and even the Pharisees, he gives of himself in his teaching, in his miracles, in his very way of life, so that other people would know the truth and have joy, peace, hope, and even life itself. He even suffers and dies to make this happen. And all the while, he's pointing above to his heavenly Father and saying, I'm doing his work. He's the one filled with grace, mercy, and compassion. Come and know my Father. And we are to do the same, to love others, to serve them as servants, to share God's good news in both deed and in word, which is oftentimes way harder, to everyone around us in that little corner of the world where God himself has put us. I'd say the second thing is, is we're to share a life of prayer. Because again, as you go through the Gospels and you see Christ's life, you constantly see him take time to go off and to pray. And we are to be a praying people, a praying church. Christ frequently goes off to pray that God's will, his Father's will would be done, not his own. And that should be our prayer. And don't we pray this so often? We'll do it later in the service, in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We want our Lord Jesus to come back. We want his will to be done in our lives, in other people, and where we fall short, O God, show us and fix us and make us the servants you would have us be. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And so as we wait in this difficult time, we're called to be faithful in service, faithful in sharing God's love, and faithful in prayer until he returns. And this is our work every day, day in and day out, until he returns. As Fleming Rutledge pointed out, we're to die to ourselves and bear the cross. That's a tough order. It's a tough job. But it's not a bad job. Have you ever had a job that you absolutely love? Every day you wake up and you realize that this job just seems tailor-made for you. The tasks you're assigned fit your gifts and your interests, and yet it's challenging, so you grow. There's something new every day, and you have fun. I've had jobs like that in the past, and since Ed's not here, I can say I have one like that now. <laughs> and when you have a job like that that you love, you don't dread getting up in the morning. The work doesn't feel like a chore. It's good. And that's what we've got here. Our job is to love people. That's a good job. It's not an easy job, but it's a good one. And when you see lives changed, including your own, it's good, it's holy, it's beautiful, and it makes you want to go on. So let's do our job that he's given us, and let's do it well. Easy? Oh, no. We're still waiting, and waiting is still hard. And even knowing that we've been given this good job, as great as it is, it doesn't necessarily make the waiting any easier. And if waiting is the hardest part, even if it's tough, I want to tell you this. It's worth it. It is 100% worth it. And so I'll quote another great American philosopher, Heinz Ketchup, who taught us the best things come to those who wait. As good as our work here might be, the best is yet to come because Jesus is yet to come. 
Jesus is going to return, and he's going to come soon. And that's the good news. That's the good part, because the king is coming. That's the true meaning of Advent. That's what we're waiting for. The king himself, the one who died on that cross, is coming back, and he will reign forever and ever. He's coming in glory and power, and when he does, he will topple all the forces of evil, of sin, of greed, of injustice, of hatred, of death. Instead, he will put in its place a throne to rule heaven and earth and all that's in it with justice and love and humility and compassion. And I wish Joe Minor was here to sing, and he will reign forever and ever. And when he comes with that glorious kingdom and he comes, it's going to blow our minds because we cannot even fathom how great this is going to be. In our text, Jesus says he's going to send out his angels to the four corners of the world to gather up all of his faithful people, no matter where they are, how far away they've gone, how lonely and alone they might be, not a single one will be forgotten. You will not be forgotten. He's going to fix heaven and earth. The sun, the moon, the stars are going to come toppling down because he is going to reign. And it's going to be like it was back in creation when God looks at everything and says, it is very good. And it will be very good once again. He will usher in salvation and give us eternal life with our eternal king whose eternal word will never, ever pass away. And as if that wasn't enough, He's going to put an end to all the sufferings, all the things that make life difficult and hard to bear now. They will go away. He will heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. He will wipe away all of our tears. We as his faithful people won't face persecution, natural disasters, and wars anymore. We'll have no more loneliness, fear, sadness, stress, regret. There'll be no more sickness, no more oppression, All those things we prayed for in the great litany, he will answer on that glorious day. And we will no longer even face death and grief. As Father Josh Gritter at my sending parish says, your suffering does not get the last word. Jesus does. And if that doesn't give you hope, if that doesn't fill you with joy, I don't know what would Yes, Advent is a season of waiting, and yes, the Christian life as a whole is a season of waiting, a life of waiting. But as we wait, let us be faithful and do our jobs well. Let us be filled with the hope and joy that comes only from Jesus, because he is coming. The King, our Lord Jesus, is coming, and he is well worth waiting for. Amen. And now, a children's homily from Father Matthew Kozlowski. Well, hi. Father Matthew here with a children's homily for you today. And today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is a time when we await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will be our Savior. Did you ever think about that? Ever think about how Jesus saves That's actually what the word Jesus means. The name Jesus is based on the name Yahshua, which means 
God saves. And indeed, that's what we're waiting for at Christmas, our Savior to be born. In Psalm 70, it says, Hasten, O God, to save me. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. Psalm 71, In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. God saves. I want to tell you a story, a parable. It's an old story. Some of you grown-ups may have heard it before. It's about a man who was at his house when there was a flood and the water started rising. He prayed to God, Oh Lord, deliver me and save me. And just then, a truck came by. And the person said, Hey, hop in, there's a flood. The man said, Don't worry, God will save me. Next thing you know, the water started getting higher and higher. And a boat came by and said, Hey man, hop in. The guy said, Don't worry, God will save me. Next thing you know, the water was all the way up to the roof, and the man was sitting on his roof, and a helicopter came by. Said, hop in. Guy said, don't worry. God will save me. Well, the water got higher and higher, and the man actually drowned and died. Went up to heaven and said to God, what happened? I prayed to you. You didn't come. And God said, what are you talking about? I sent you a truck. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. Well, that's not exactly a true story, but it's a very important story. Do you get it? The man was saying, what happened, God? Why didn't you save me? And God said, I did. I sent you a truck to save you. I sent you a boat to save you. I sent you a helicopter to save you. And here's why I think this story is true for us in our lives and in our hearts. God is always trying to save us. God is always trying to be with us. Do you know the word Emmanuel that we say in Advent means God with us? We know that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the empty tomb in order to save us from our sins. And I think that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is always putting people or things in our lives to help us and to save us. It's just that we might not recognize it at the time. God loves you. God wants to be with you. God wants to be with us. God wants to save us. That's what Advent is all about. That's what these words, Emmanuel and Jesus and Savior, are all about. So let's keep our eyes open this season. Let's keep our hearts open this season for all the ways that God is coming to us, all the ways that God is trying to be with us, and yes, all the ways that God is trying to save us and rescue us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the All Saints podcast. To download future episodes automatically, you can subscribe and have the episodes delivered to you each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. And if you've liked the podcast so far, we would really appreciate it if you took a few minutes to give us a rating. As we continue to take steps towards being back together, please be safe, stay well, and God bless.